Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien, here today with Dr. Rosalind Clark, and it's day 918 since we came back on the air. Today, listeners, Dr. Clark has once again agreed to sit in while I discuss one of my new theories for how the zombie apocalypse got started. You know, I've changed my mind. Wait, what? You heard me. I'm not saying we can't ever do this again, but not today. We did one yesterday with Agnes, and I have a headache, and I just don't have the patience for it today. Max, whatever it is. But, but this one was different. I've been thinking about it a lot. You always say that. But seriously, Max, I've tried to have fun with you on this. I've tried to move past how much I think it's a waste of time, how much methanol, and before that, actual gasoline, how much that got burned. I mean, they're valuable commodities, and we use up a lot of them talking about things like dementia patients who forgot they were dead, and physics experiments that turned a substantial portion of the world population into the equivalent of Schrodinger's cat. And the zombies being leftover bodies of raptured souls. Those are just the ones I can think of offhand. But we've talked about this. They're a mental exercise. They keep the imaginative juices flowing. Agnes doesn't seem to have this problem. She keeps the imaginative juices flowing with poetry and arts and reading and writing. Not undermining my serious research. How am I undermining your research? Because every time you talk about one of these ridiculous theories, it makes the science I'm trying to do sound much simpler than it is. I'm looking into causes that involve parasites, bacteria, viruses, and I'm having to do it without modern scientific equipment. And let me tell you, it's not easy to do. How complicated could it be? Very. Here... Let me give you just a taste of what we could potentially be up against. In 1862, the Union fought against the Confederate Army at the Battle of Shiloh. I won't go into all the history of the battle for the sake of time, but what I will say is that by the time it was over, over 3,000 soldiers were dead, and another 16,000 were injured. The medical teams for both sides were completely overwhelmed and didn't even have the knowledge they needed to treat the soldiers properly because microorganisms were very poorly understood, and the germ theory of infection wouldn't come around for a few more years. That's one of the reasons why casualty rates in the American Civil War were so high. If you didn't get killed on the battlefield, there was a good chance you'd die of an infection that, even today in the zombie apocalypse, we could probably find a way to deal with. What's this got to do with zombies? I'm getting there. Now... After the battle was over, several of the soldiers were sitting around in the mud because, like I said, the medics were overwhelmed. And as they sat there, some of them noticed that their wounds were glowing in the dark. That was strange. But what was really strange was that when they finally got moved to field hospitals, the soldiers with the glowing wounds had a higher survival rate. They called it Angel's Glow. Still waiting on the zombies to show up. Hush. Anyway, in 2001, a guy named Bill Martin and his friend John Curtis were curious about this. So Bill went and asked his mom, who happened to be a microbiologist working with the USDA, if bioluminescent bacteria could have caused the glowing wounds. His mom told him to do an experiment, so that's what he and his friend did. What they found was that there was indeed a bioluminescent bacteria in the soil, Photoharbdis luminescence. And it was a fascinating life cycle. 
Does this life cycle involve zombies at any point? Maybe. That's the point I'm making. The bacteria live inside a parasitic nematode worm, which invades insect larvae. When the worm is inside, it injects the bacteria, which produce chemicals which kill the insect host, as well as other microorganisms that were already present. This leaves the nematode and the bacteria to eat the dead insect larva. When that's done, the worm eats the bacteria, which recolonizes in the worm's gut, and they go out to do the same thing again. The bacteria, as its name implies, glows in the dark, which probably attracts more insects for them to feed on. Because the glowing bacteria kills other microorganisms in the host, it contributes to the faster recovery of the soldiers who had it. How do you get zombies out of that? (sighs) You don't. Not from that exact process. The point I'm making is that microorganisms have extremely complex life cycles and interdependencies. Two or more such organisms can interact with each other in ways that can take weeks or months or years for them to be able to complete that life cycle. While I don't believe that P. luminescence is necessarily involved, I do believe it's extremely likely that the zombies came about because of just such a complex interaction of multiple microorganisms. And finding out exactly how that happened is probably going to be the work for years. And even assuming we get modern technology back to where it was before... Let me take that again. Okay. And finding out exactly how that happens is probably going to be the work of years. Even assuming we get modern technology back to where it was before. Which is why, Max, you're... Solve-it-quick theories are, frankly, insulting. So, since you took the whole broadcast today talking about this, can I talk about my new theory some other time? Sure, Max. Absolutely. Just not today. Hopefully by then, my headache will be gone. Wrap this up so I can go lay down, okay? Oh, sure. Uh, For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien and Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.